Hey folks, welcome to this episode of the Everyday Millionaire Podcast and the Mindset Matters Edition, where I'm joined by my wife and Olympic mental performance coach, Stephanie Hanlon-Francie. Together, Stephanie and I engage in a conversation about different aspects of what we refer to as Mindset Matters. We believe that we're living in and through one of the most impactful global events in history. And let's face it, few have trained for or are equipped to deal with the life that is unfolding before them. The need to pivot in your business, your career, or perhaps deal with shifting family dynamics lies before many. We hope to inspire you to ask yourself questions or pause to consider how you view your world, your life. We'll invite you to check in on where you are on your journey, and are you still clear on your intended destination, or has it changed? Join us for this in our series of Mindset Matters. Listen in, enjoy. Hey folks, welcome to the Everyday Millionaire Podcast, Mindset Matters. I'm joined today again by, of course, my beautiful wife, Stephanie Hanlon. Hey, hun. So Stephanie, we're going to get into a conversation that we don't normally run our episodes concurrent. And although it's not concurrent, we look at episode 47, our last episode, where we talked about perspective and perception. You know, shifting the way we look at things has the things we look at change. You know, when we change the way we look at things, the things we look at change. We'd actually come off that Wayne Dyer quote. Now, based on feedback and a few little kind of conversations and then some of our own conversations, I thought we needed to expand on that. So, that's what I'd like to do with this episode. 100%. And I think it's really fun that, you know, we get the feedback, we get the emails, and we really do appreciate. So, you know, if you do want to have a conversation or give us some suggestions, we appreciate it. But this one was super cool. Because when we talked about perception and perspective, I think a lot of people kind of conflate those things. So that's why it inspired us to, you know, dig into this. Well, there's work to be done, you know, when we are going and facing the things that we face in our life and how we view the world, when we start to take responsibility for it, we then begin to realize that it's up to us. It really is up to us. Nothing's going to change unless we change it. And that's really what this conversation is about today. And, you know, again, you know, we love the feedback and uh, I'm just going to do a quick ask, which is we get some big goals to hit numbers wise for the Everyday Millionaire and Mindset Matters podcast for the end of the year. So just encourage you, please share the podcast with your friends and comment, like it, put it out there for us. We would really like to hit some goals. And uh, that's all I got to say about that. Now, here's where we're going to start. This is kind of deep. Don't be deep. It's not Come new. On. This isn't new by any stretch of the imagination. Anybody who's any kind done any kind of personal development work, which I think most of our listeners have, they're familiar with the reticular activating system. And that's what I'm going to talk a little bit about today and really understanding that our reticular activating system or our RAS is the filter that we see the world through. So again, this goes back to our last conversation about when we change the way we look at things, the things we look at change, except for we got this thing called RAS. I know, which fires me up because it actually activates the physiology conversation. So when we talk about our pies, for example, so we have physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual slash social, the RAS or the RAS is something that is physiological. So to me, for my athletes or the clients that that we work with, is that 
we're not just in the esoteric or metaphysical world or the spiritual world. This is a physiological concept, which I love. Yeah, it's a little thing at the back of your brain. Okay. A little thing called your central nervous system? Well, okay. It's a, no, it's not your central nervous yes, system. Yes, it is. It connects to your central nervous system. Well, of course, system. your whole brain does. <laughs> Don't be a loser. Okay, so we got that. Now, let's just go a little bit deeper about the reticular activating system in that we have to understand that there is a purpose for it. And the purpose for it is that, of course, we have all these senses and we've got all of this information coming at us. It's a lot of things coming at us. What is your right hand doing? Your left hand doing? What's Stephanie doing? What's, uh, you know, what what is happening in your environment around your you? Your peripheral your, vision. Yeah, all of it. And your brain is processing a lot of information. But what your brain has to do is then sort through that and choose what it is that it wants you to see. What does it want you to be aware of and our Brains are pretty amazing at that. Now, this is totally unrelated, but I got to share a story. And I had cut my hand. This was years ago. And I go, <laughs> I, almost, I remember this. I almost, I almost said I go to the vet to get stitched up. <laughs> so Only because we live on a farm now. <laughs> we got dogs. So anyways, <laughs> the point is this. So I go to a Medi Center or something and, and, I'm, and I'm cut bad on my hand. And the doctor looks at it and scrubs it up and says, okay, we're going to have to put some stitches in there. And I'm sitting by whatever this on this table and, and he's got his hand, my hand sitting on another table and he looks at me and he says, are you going to be okay? And I go, yeah, I think so. I'll let you know, you know, and he goes, no, he goes, you better lay down. And I go, what are you talking about? <laughs> I feel pretty good. <laughs> he goes, no, he says, I don't like your look. So we get into this conversation and he goes, it's always you big tough guys that pass out. And I go, I've never passed out at the sight of blood. Like I'm, I'm, I'm actually quite offended by it. And he's, he's, he's kind of chuckling about it. And at the end of the day, what he says, you know, he says, understand something is that our brains are really powerful. And he said, you know, what happens is that your brain looks at what it's seeing and goes, I don't like this. I'm going to shut you off. And he says, that's why you pass out. It has nothing to do with your ability to look at blood or look at your, he says, it's your brain's decision, but that's part of your RAS, right? Which is to say, hold on here. You need to look at this or you don't. And that all connects to it. And you're just how powerful your brain is. So did you pass out? No, I didn't. But (laughs) it was an interesting conversation because he said, you're going to, you know, at some point your brain looks at it and goes, holy cow. And it shuts you down. That's why shock occurs. Shock is a protective system. When people go into shock, it's your brain going, you can't handle this. You can't handle this. I'm I got just, you. I'm just, yeah, I'm gonna, I got your back. Okay. So it looks like shock and, you know, you're not attached to reality. And, and that's sort of back to the, you know, the last podcast is fight, flight, or freeze, right? right? Is that our brain decides what it is. And if we don't do the work around getting underneath what our brain reacts to is that we can't change it. And that's the filter that it, we're going to continue to see the world in, you know, Think about the stress that's going on right now. That's why you and I don't watch um, TV. My, well, we don't watch mainstream TV. That's for mainstream news for sure. Oh, not no, anything mainstream. And we haven't for like a hundred years. Yeah, so it's yeah. even so weird to see what's happening in the world right now. Okay, so we need to give some context to this. And when we look at the reticular activating system, the RAS, we have to consider that. It's easy for us, I don't want to say it's easy, but we talk about, okay, we got to just change the way we look at things. Well, it's not easy to do that because our our RAS is actually based on our belief system. And it's amazing how powerful our brains are. Now, we've 
heard these stories before. You've probably had that experience before. I know I have where you buy a new vehicle or somebody, you know, buys a new vehicle and it's, I don't know, it's a green Volkswagen and there's no way anybody's going to own a green Volkswagen. And the next thing you know, Everywhere you look, there's a green Volkswagen. <laughs> tell the, just tell the Porsche story. This is another story, which is hilarious. Years ago, I had bought a Porsche, a Boxster. And S. you wanted a Porsche. Well, I, I bought it. And, and you bought it. And yeah. I bought it. And I wanted it. And I wanted something a little bit unique. And this was a very unique color. And it was a unique paint job in that it would shift based on the light that hit it. So sometimes it was purple, sometimes it was blue, sometimes it was... Periwinkle? Sure, periwinkle. <laughs> Anyways, I thought nobody's going to have this color. And it was, you know, this very special Porsche. It was custom and blah, blah, blah. The point is, is that one day, first off, I'm driving and I see another one. I go, shit, I can't even believe it. We were living in Edmonton. And I go, what the hell? How can that be possible? Then one beautiful you know, spring or summer evening, whatever it was, I go out for a drive, a little Porsche therapy, and I'm literally sitting at the lights and a guy pulls up beside me in the identical freaking car. Like how ridiculous is that? Anyways. But that's interesting. So put a pin in this, slow down cowboy, because part of the RAS is that when we focus on something that we want or we set a goal, we also then start to attract all the things that support that goal. So you wanted a, a periwinkle Porsche Boxster or something, something. And all of a sudden you start seeing that color and you start seeing that particular car. Same thing happens with athletes or high-end business people or people that are just setting goals. The minute you set a goal and this is what I want, you start seeing it everywhere. You well, get, you, you totally get evidence. But let's, let's keep breaking that down. It's not, quite that simple. It's not like we necessarily manifest something right before our very eyes. What starts to happen, of course, is that in the case of the Porsche, is that my awareness, my belief system started to shift. And so our belief system really creates what we see. And that's part of the conversation that we've had many times over the past several months that we've done this mindset matters is that when we look at COVID, for example, we see the divisiveness and a lot of that divisiveness is driven by what people see. A lot of that is driven by algorithms. But the point is this, if you believe one side, that's what you see the argument for. That's what shows up because that's what you've Googled. That's what you've talked about. Those are the Or things. you watch it at six o'clock every night. Or you watch it every six o'clock. So that's what you see. So if you see a very dark future, you're going to see all of the things that support that dark future. If you are oblivious to it, then you're oblivious to it. Or if you see nothing but great things coming out of all of this, then all you're going to see is the narrative that supports those great things that are showing up. So the point is this, is when we start to look at the psychology of being able to change the way we look at things, it's not just as easy as, okay, well, just flip a switch and you change the things. It isn't actually that simple. We actually have to work at it. So there's a phrase that goes, we don't see things in life as they are. We see them as we are. Ooh, so, so repeat that. We don't see things in life as they are. We see them as we are. As we are. Wow. So the more that we alter ourselves, the more we can see the world differently. Now, this is an interesting because I remember the first time I heard this was from you, by the way, when you were on stage speaking. Mm -hmm. And you this was many years ago, and you said, Do you know that you're not actually hearing me? 
And everybody in the audience, of course, is going, eh? Now I'm hearing you. you know, what? Puzzled look over their head. No, <laughs> I'm hearing you. Well, that would be the normal answer. But what you pointed out is that you're actually not hearing me. You're hearing a voice in your, your head that is actually translating what I've said to you. In your own values, through filters, but in your own voice, too, In your own right? voice, 100%. Yeah. So that's really a good point, is that you're not here even... Interestingly enough, so you're listening to this podcast right now. You're actually not hearing us. What you're hearing is your interpretation of what you believe you think you're hearing. Based on the filters that you have, right. which is your RAS. Okay. So this oh, goes, I know that's so cool. I know. And it's really kind of messed up with your head, but it <laughs> should challenge you. And, you know, when we change what we think about, we actually start to change what we see that, you know, the proof of that was, for example, in the vehicle, I, you know, the concept of the vehicle, uh, you know, I've never seen a green Volkswagen who Beetle has before. a periwinkle Porsche. Right. And then everybody has a periwinkle Porsche, it seems. <laughs> so when we change what we think about, we change what we see. Now, here's the fundamental problem that we run into, which is number one, part of the technology that we have today and our own nature. For example, when we believe something or when we're interested in something, of course, we're Googling it or we're looking at it, we're talking about it. That's all being picked up, whether we want to admit that or not. The next thing you know, all of our feeds are being fed that information and we've tested that many times. Should we talk about monkey balls? No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so that was... Only because you brought it up. It was a conversation about monkey balls. And the next thing we you know. We wanted to test it, actually, with friends. And it became out of a conversation that I had with somebody. It was on their phone. My phone wasn't even in the vehicle. I had a conversation with them about, about a, he'd gone through radar. I said, why don't you have a radar detector? Of course, we're in British Columbia. I said the word radar detector. His phone, my phone wasn't even in the car. Literally the next day, folks, guess what? A radar detector comes up on my Your feed. phone. Now, he's my friend on Facebook and Twitter and IG and all the rest of it. So that's just all interesting. We've we've tested it before. But then we got a whole bunch of things around monkey balls. Because we just threw something out there. And the next thing you know, there's like places you can visit and places you can go. And they're all related to monkey things. So not monkey balls necessarily, but... <laughs> Well, you don't know. Anyways, we tested it and that was kind of weird. So let's back up. Let's, we've gone totally we off track. We digress. <laughs> but it was funny. So when we look at all of these things that are happening, you know, we talked several episodes ago, uh, Mel Robbins, who we've both read her book, The Five Second Rule. But she pointed out something in that work, which was we have what's called metacognition. And that metacognition is what stops us and creates a hesitation for us. So when we look at our belief systems, of course, that metacognition kicks in and the resistance to change. So this goes back to what we talked about last week, which was around decisions. Decisions are really is a Latin word for cutting cut, away. Cut away. Cut away. So cutting away the past, actually. So that's all part of what our brain has to wrap around. So we think it's just, just flip a switch. It's not. You actually have to work at it. And in her work, that's why the five second rule comes into play. Because as soon as we have that hesitation, that doubting of ourselves, we do the count to five, which is to get us out of that part of our five, brain four, into another three, brain. Two, one. 
And it actually shifts because it's almost like a take a breath moment. Mm-hmm. And it shifts our cognition, right? And she didn't come up with this, but she, you know. Well, how she wrote she, a book on it. So I know, I but know. She, she presented it in a way that really makes sense. And when you take that moment, take a breath, and just step back for a second, it does make a difference. It does give you that moment where you can re-choose or re-look at something differently. And I think that's where we get our power back in a lot of ways is that instead of just, you know, pressing play and, and just doing what we always do, how about interrupt the pattern? Well, I think what you said right there, just back up, which was we give our power away. We've probably, anybody listening to this has had that moment in time where they've let go of a thought and they feel like, okay, I just got my power back. Like I was buying into whatever narrative, I was drinking whatever Kool-Aid, I was thinking whatever thought. And it's like, hold it, stop it. I got to question this. That's not easy, by the way. This goes back to the metacognition. It goes back to Raz. And we have to understand that our brain is designed to protect us and stop us. It's from it's designed to stop us from doing anything that's uncertain yes. and uncertainty. So the minute you are changing, it means you're going somewhere you've never been before. It's uncertain and your brain's designed to say stop. That's why change is so freaking hard. And what's interesting about that is is if we go into the psychology of it, that is also ego. Ego does not want to die. Well, it wants to protect itself. It wants to protect. And if if you're going to do a, a new thing and it's and it's going to change the perception, then the ego dies. And what I love is the work that I you and I do is that when our ego dies, what happens? That's metacognition. When our ego dies. So one of the things that we wanted to kind of provide here is some thought process, but also some tools and, you know, giving context and kind of wrapping around this resistance to change, changing the way you look at things will actually change the things you change the things you experience. Experience. Yeah, exactly. For so sure. I'm, I was messing around with that quote in my head to actually present it differently. But, you know, we talk about the resistance to change is such an important part of the conversation what if i'm wrong well there's a there's a part of it so you know as speakers and being on stage many times in education we've had people in the room like get out get up and walk out Mm. you know we've had you know several hundred people in a room and there's like one or two people that go you guys are messed up i'm out and it's so strong that their resistance to thinking that because they're we're holding up a mirror sometimes when we speak And even if that's education, because we both do different aspects of education and speaking, they're looking at it and they feel like they're so challenged. Their belief system is so challenged that they're then making us wrong. And they They, have to leave. They have to leave. They can't even stand it. And it's like, okay, this is just Mm. information. So here's the thing about that. Whether it's politics, COVID, the divisiveness that's being created these days, a belief system and maybe in your career polarity polarity so when you're i know that like if i see like when especially politics for me i cannot listen to our prime minister or our 
what is she called? Vice oh, Prime Minister? No, please. Yeah. I can't. I just can't listen to it. Like, it shuts me down. But having said that, I listen to others that have those political views. Yeah. The point is, is that those are different buttons that get pushed for me. And I'm really aware of it. And I'm going to share with you some an exercise that I think will support us in making these changes, or at least looking at these changes. Because we have to look at both sides. If we we're really going to grow. Do. If we're going to grow. This is, if that's it. If we're going to grow, we have to do it. Now, speaking of growing, now, when we look at creating and we have to plant seeds, you know, there's a, you know, we live on, you know, uh, we live in the country, we plant our own food, we do certain things and we've, you know, let's, let's look at the garden we grew. What we did to grow that garden was we studied how do we grow that garden? How do we- We get- got coaching. Thank you, Shar. Yeah, we got coaching, we got support from people around us that helped us, but we planted the seeds. Yeah. Now, we've not only planted the seeds of the plant, okay, the vegetables, we planted the seeds with people that we needed to support us. Yeah. We said, here's our goals. Here's where we were working. Back. Like we had a view of the world that we were somewhat familiar with, but certainly not familiar enough to take on our own. Then we planted the seeds. Then we watered those seeds. We fertilized, we monitored, we actually grew those plants. The narrative or the, I use that as an example because in our thoughts, we have to plant seeds. It's not like we we plant a seed and then we have, fruit yeah the funny thing is that we don't have a bounty <laughs> so the you know the expression i use and with my clients is like okay so you plant a seed in the dirt and it's it's a corn it's it's corn and then you look at it tomorrow and go hey corn corn hey corn are you growing it's not growing it needs time to germinate it, te- it needs time to get grounded in the earth and to grow and when we don't give those thoughts or those new perspectives time to germinate and we want to make it happen right away it's we're going to kill it well that's a you know there's a fundamental a couple of different things that i want to point out here number one is that it takes time for that seed to go through the cycle that it needs to do to grow to come to fruition but we have to pay attention to it on a regular basis and water it yeah and that's what i'm saying we have fertilize, to water it, fertilize make sure it gets sun do all the things but you that don't we go need to do. you know in there and go hey hey corn yeah i get the point i understand i know <laughs> okay i know you do but okay. that was me before i learned to garden okay i know and if you don't plant okay something- wait 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 you know what my nickname is right I don't know which one. I don't know. The impatient gardener. Okay. I pull stuff that's way too soon. And Char and mm. everybody else is like, dude, stop it. You just pulled the wrong thing. Yeah. I, I've done that. Right. Okay. So as we go forward and talk about this, you know, there's a there's a couple of things that we've also learned along the way, which is you, you, if you plant nothing, weeds grow. Mm. Okay. Yeah. The universe abhors a void. You know, and weeds grow and they're not so good. So... This is all to say this is that be aware of the seeds that you're planting. Be aware. So we hear these things all the time. You know, get a vision board. We've talked about it, of course, many years, uh, having a vision board and really planting the seeds of what you want to see in the future and then nurturing them and watering them and kind of being connected to them. And in our own life, you know, we give a couple of examples. You know, we've had some amazing experiences that we 
planted seeds. And, you know, I think about, you know, years ago flying back from Mexico and we wrote goals on the fly, flight back and we put them in a book that we were reading at the time, probably a Wayne Dyer, some self-development book. And uh, we were cleaning an office a year, a year later and we looked at those 10 goals that we had written that we had not looked at for a year, by the way. Yeah. That, yeah, good point. So somewhere along the line, we planted those seeds and then we looked after them and we had hit all 10 of those goals. Like it was just by chance that we're cleaning your office and... The book opened I and opened that, the paper, book. that paper came out. Yeah, I look at the book and this paper came That was kind of a cool experience. Uh, you know, when we first moved from Alberta to British Columbia many years ago, uh, one of the things that Stephanie had a kind of a vision for in her mind was to, you know, live with a, you know, floor to ceiling windows overlooking the ocean and the mountains. And in my brain, I didn't know Vancouver. That doesn't exist. And I'm going, what the hell are you even talking about? And the next thing you know, we're living on the 49th floor of the Shangri-La in the downtown core of Vancouver, a 270 degree ver uh, view overlooking Coal Harbor. The North Shore Mountains. Actually, you know what? It really brings a lot of emotion up when you say that because we had Coal Harbor, we had North Shore Mountains, English Bay. Um, and a whole wraparound. And a wraparound, but floor to ceiling windows. And I think that's what really hit me. Is so we, that, had both, we had mountains, we had oceans. Yeah, we had but, but we didn't know it existed. We didn't. And we were above the clouds. We didn't know it existed. We had only, Stephanie had planted that seed. I was in denial. But <laughs> but honestly, it was it was like 20 years ago. Yeah. So that, and then we lived there for several years. And then one of the things that I had said is, and we were happy to get out of downtown Vancouver, no regrets, loved it down there, but then our lifestyle changed. And we'd always said that we wanted to live on a property. We wanted to live on an acreage, but I had said, I don't want to live on an acreage if I have to be committed to doing the chores. Cause I had lived on an acreage in my life many times. I'd come from a farming it's background. Hard it's hard work. I don't mind the hard work. I love doing that stuff, but when I don't want to do it, I don't want to do it. So I said, we need to have a property that we either have another a helper that another residence that somebody could mm -hmm. live in and or that somebody is living in that can do those chores when I don't want to do them. Oh, and we have partners that have those particular skills. So that's a long-winded way of saying that's what we created. So here we are and we are living that particular lifestyle. And that was all planted from a seed. Now, first off, we had to, and then all of a sudden things showed up. The universe kind of orchestrated on both those occasions in this case to have those things show up for us. But we had planted those seeds. We kind of just followed our gut, went with our intuition. And the next thing you know, things showed up. It's all to say this. When, when we, we have to plant those seeds, we can't buy into our belief system that they don't exist. And as much as I might've pushed back about, I don't know, many things, but let's you say the Shangri-La, the Shangri-La's example, but guess what? At some level, you must have. I was willing and open to all of it because it all mm -hmm. showed up. I appreciate you saying that because I think, you know, when I get the feedback from our listeners and people that are listening and, and giving me direct feedback, it's like you and Patrick are so different, but you're still the same and you listen to each other. And I think one of the things that maybe we want to bring forward is that we have differences. We have different ways of creating. We have different ways of um, manifesting, but we align on a couple of different things. We may not agree all the time, but when we created Shangri-La, it was because something that you and I had happened, I think, 10 years before. 
Well, it also would we even when this property showed up, if we didn't align, then that wouldn't have shown up. And I mean, this is a huge lifestyle change and it's been fantastic and we love it. But if you can't make this kind of a significant lifestyle change, I mean, imagine downtown Vancouver, you know, with the Hermes store across the street <laughs> to, you know, right. And the to Gucci. the country, to the country, you know, with cows across the street. So right. and, are, and with me being no, having no experience on a farm. Yeah. You know, you, Good news you've is tolerated I me I this know. whole time. That's why you love me. Cause I, know, I, right? I got this. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about a couple of things around all of this. So, you know, the, the fact is that we have to question our belief system. Now, interesting kind of data fact that I found quite fascinating. I, I kind of knew this, but it was really brought into my awareness when I did a little bit of research, which is 75 thousand thoughts that's what the average yeah, person thinks in a day Seventy-five thousand. what's interesting about that is 90 over 90 percent of those thoughts like i think it's 91 percent are identical to the day before which are identical to the day before that and if we don't actually plant seeds and change thoughts or dump the hard drive now Let's stop here Let's for a second. Let's talk about journaling. We've talked about journaling. We've talked about meditation. We've talked about dumping the hard drive in some way, shape, or form so that you're not having that conversation with yourself in a vacuum. Repetitive. you got to dump the hard drive in order to free up space for new thoughts to come in. It only leaves, imagine, 91%. Let's just use that. 91%. At least 9%. 9%. Capacity for new ideas, new thoughts. And it's up to us mm. to, number one, one of the exercises, uh, and I do this by on my own, I, and I, I didn't know that it was an exercise, but it is. And that is have an inventory of your thoughts, but don't buy into your thoughts. Think about what are you thinking about and go, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. And that's why we have to read. We have to have these kinds of conversations. We got to listen to these podcasts. We have to be open to shifting the way we see the world, the way we think to understand that in order for us to manifest the world, which is not the magic of anything, it is actually to see the world that already exists for us. So we have to change the way we think so those things can actually be seen. Interesting you say that because... You know, when you think about how you see the world and how I saw the world when we first got together, it was very, very different. We had to come to a place where we could align on our different upbringings and our different ways of seeing the world. I didn't. I, I wasn't right, and you weren't right. Yeah, I mean, you see the world for sure differently. You're far more compassionate and empathetic than I am. You actually have way more space for people and views of the world i'm less tolerant of that and so yeah but no you I can, say, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm that dude, way i'm i'm that way vicariously through you <laughs> you say that but you're also much more of an extrovert you're kinder to people i i'm i don't like people as much as you do yeah you're a bitch there's no i know right it. which is awesome but when you think about what we're talking about tonight is the the raz is that how do we use our our view so what's coming into your view how are you seeing it how are you perceiving it and how are you filtering it through not just your your values but this is what i love is about the physiology we do actually have a physiology that we're filtering these perceptions through and it's hardcore it's like connected to our reptilian nature 
like the core of who we are as humans. And I think what's really interesting is that if we can soften, just soften. If you're listening to this and you're resisting it and you've lasted this long, just soften for a minute and just see what you're seeing and maybe ask yourself, what if I'm wrong? Well, there's a good place to start. And as we kind of wind this down, let's create a bit of a summary and some takeaways. You know, the initial kind of thought process is changing how we view the world and actually seeing the world through a different set of filters, understanding that we have Ross. And just being willing. Yes, we have that reticular activating system and we're seeing it. And we, in order to change how we see the world, we have to do it consciously. The world isn't going to change. It's us that has to change. So how do we do that? First and foremost, a lot of what we're talking about, although we've spent whatever 30 minutes talking about this, ultimately it isn't that much work. It's a few minutes every day to actually, number one, take an inventory of what your thoughts are. What are you thinking? Start the morning that way. What are you thinking about? How are you going to approach the day? Can you approach the day with a real positive thought process rather than, you know, Dyer, who I'm a big fan of, I, I refer to him as a lot because I've learned so much from his reading and all, or his writing and all the things that he brought forward, you know, is it, is it, what is it, what was the phrase that he used? You know, are you waking up good morning, God, or are you waking up going, Oh my God, good, good it's mor morning. It's like, Oh my God, it's morning. You know, so it is like, how are you taking on the world when you wake up? Are you owning your thought process or are you just letting random thoughts come into your brain, being reactive instead of actually slowing down, taking that breath and talking about the grit or with yourself, having that thought about, I'm going to have an amazing day. I am amazing. I can't do this. I got this. Whatever problem comes my way, I am going to be, you know, I'm going to have the genius to figure out the problem. What's really interesting, you know, I had a, an amazing conversation today with a couple of clients and they want to be the best in the world. They want to be on the podium, but they've never been on the podium. So they don't know how. So they're doing all the skills and doing all the things that got them to where they are. And I said, okay, we need to do different work. And it's not going to be comfortable because you've never been a podium. You've never been a world champion. So you're not going to know how to do that. And that never occurred to them. Can I just riff off that one? Yeah. I, you know, I, I've shared this story before because it was so powerful for me. I was working with a young entrepreneur and, you know, one year he had made 60 grand and then 70 grand. That's what he was able to pay himself. And I said, what's your goal? And he's going, I think I could, you know, probably do 80, 85 grand. And I go, what's wrong with a hundred? And I realized wow. as I listened to him talk, he was so uncomfortable saying I earn a hundred grand a year. And I said, okay, this is what you need to write that down and you need to say it. You need to say it out loud to your wife. You need to say it out loud to your brother. You need to say it out loud to, to your yourself. friends. And you need to get comfortable with the conversation of $100,000 a year until it doesn't feel uncomfortable anymore. Because that's part of the training. And that's part of the physiology. And the if physio you've never earned 100000 you don't know how to do that. If you've never been a world champion, you don't know how to do that. So I just want to put in the correction of the hows. It's not about they don't know how. They all Before they can even get into the hows of it, they actually have to have the comfort and the 
training or they have to get into saying, I can make a hundred grand. I can be on the podium. They have to say, I am on the podium. They have to get it into their physiology that they're already there. The hows will show up then. And until you get comfortable with that, the hows won't show up. They can't show up. It's like, you know, you put your flag on the wall and you want it really bad and you're living in the wanting. Like the wanting is like awesome but it's not true until you actually put yourself there and who you have to become in order to be world champion who you have to become to be somebody that earns 100 or 150 or a million dollars or 500 million dollars a year who you have to become changes you but, but if, you have to plant those seeds yeah. and you have to continue to Look after those seeds, fertilize them, water them, do all of the things. And don't pick them too early. Shift the physiology, shift the RAS, and of course, don't pick them too early. So do that inventory, do that journaling, be aware of your thoughts, the inventory of your thoughts. Notice your belief systems and then question your belief systems. That's all part of it. And then use that journaling, use that visioning. It's only a few minutes a day. Look into the future. How do you want it to be? How do you want to feel? Own it. Take the time to do it. It is a practice to do it. Change is not easy because you've got your brain saying, no, don't change. And so is it a like a, I think it was a quote, I don't know if it's George Washington or somebody, but we have it in our, our bathroom. It says, <laughs> whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Yeah, that was Ford. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Whether you think you can... Or you think you can't. You're right. You're right. 100%. So change the way you think. That, folks, is a wrap for Mindset Matters. Plant those seeds. Consider your thoughts. Just be aware that it isn't just the thinking. There is a physiological. There is a lot of stuff going on in our Something brains. Something changes in your body. Thanks, Stephanie. That was fun. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. If you found value in the podcast, please take the time to rate and review and share with others, share with your friends. As it is my goal to always improve and to provide the highest value for you, the listener, if you have any comments, suggestions, or questions you'd like answered, please email me at ceo at raincanada.com. That's ceo at reincanada.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, Patrick out.